It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. If you guys ever like come in and just wondering what's going on when that first stops playing, we're just enjoying the song that much. It's so good. It's so good. Welcome into another episode of the Steelers Afternoon Drive. I am Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. First thing first, before anybody does anything, I want everybody to stop, take a second, subscribe to the channel, leave us a like, hit that notification bell. And I'm not going to say right now, do it as we're going through the episode. Comment about anything that we are. Alan's trying to figure out where to point to the subscribe button, but it's somewhere below us. Um, I hit all the options. I pointed at least once. (laughs) Somewhere down there. Uh, Alan, what's going on? Second day of padded practice today. How are we feeling? Feeling good, man. Uh, good practice today. Got some injury news this morning. Uh, a couple transactions beforehand. So I actually kind of got up here a little bit late today. But solid day's work. I got to watch the offensive line today, which I didn't get to do yesterday. So I hope we can talk about that. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know. Lots going on. Yeah, just some housekeeping stuff. The unfortunate news, uh, Corey Trice Jr. season over before it can really get started. We had talked yesterday. Hopefully it wasn't season ending, though it looked very grim. And uh, unfortunately, that was confirmed today that it is going to be season ending. Along with that, uh, they waived injured running back Alfonso Graham, bring in a couple more bodies for camp here in uh, safety, Trenton Thompson and cornerback Isaiah Dunn. Did those? So I was always curious, like those guys being signed just today, did either of those guys, like were they there to work right away today or no? Yeah, they were here. They are here okay. today. Um, they actually ha- usually um, they have to get here and and go through a physical before they can be signed so what happened was yesterday after practice the Steelers made some calls got some guys in 
um, had either a tryout or a workout or just a physical, whatever. And, and then those guys will uh, sign physically in person once they're here after they pass their physical. And then they're right out there. In fact, like, you know, Nick was up here before me. He gets texted. He's like, I don't know. There's a 17 to practice. So something is going on. You better just stay down there because we're going to get some news. And then I get the ding from the Steelers. Uh, and, you know, they, they had a couple transactions. And so, yeah, I mean, those guys are, were here already in practice. I can't say that even really stood out to me. I don't think they did very much in terms of team periods, mm-hmm. which is to be understandable. They probably got their first look at the playbook about – six hours ago so i don't know how how they could do very well in it even if they did but they certainly you know come take the individual periods come do the workouts and uh start to pick things up in meetings this evening and tonight gotcha okay yeah i guess i've just always been curious about how that process worked and maybe some other people out there were so there you go there's your answer they were there today and working um i know that we've kind of discussed some things that we want to talk about but i want to we still got to talk about the big things that the fans want to talk about with the batch on backers and seven shots portions of today um batch on backers first and foremost it doesn't seem like at least based off twitter it was as popping as yesterday with no, so this, was, this is the this is the revenge of the offense so this is yeah. the past the past coverage version of backs on backers where you get uh and little anthony mcfarland out there to j- jitterbug around and make big stiff linebackers go looking like tyrannosaurus rex flailing after them and so yeah this is sort of like the offense's revenge um, you know, while we're backs on backers, you kind of expect the defense to win. I think today's drill, you expect the offense to win. And, uh, but, you know, there were a couple surprises too. I wouldn't like, what do you make of Anthony McFarland? Because we've seen it now multiple training camps in a row where, you know, he seems to like stand out a little bit. I don't know if it's ever been to the level of like the first few days of, of this training camp, but like it's, it's now or never for him. It has to be. Yes. But w- what do you make of Anthony McFarland? He just looks like a guy who's figured out how to be a professional to me. I think that's the big thing is that you know, he came in as a guy who in college had just completely relied on his athletic ability. He was so straight line fast that if he ever got loose, he was gone. And that was the end of it. He did not need to be precise in his craftsmanship and the details of the way he approached the game because it didn't matter. He was still able to be productive. And I think he's had some hard lessons in that regard in his first couple of years in the NFL. He feels to me like a guy that is – put a lot of things together mentally. He's a little bit stronger physically, um, still very fast, obviously. And uh, I think is is kind of running away with the running back three job. Obviously, the injury to Alfonso Graham was waived today, uh, put mm-hmm. a dent in that battle. Darius Hagan's up and down. Um, so, you know, in the, in the um, one-on-one portions, he's been the guy absorbing a bunch of those big hits we talked about. Uh, but mm-hmm. also in the um, – in the team run period today, he had a 90-yard run. He had another one. The last play of the, the day was about a 20-yarder. Uh, looked pretty good carrying the ball. I think we talked about that when we talked about Jalen Warren, that uh, the pass protection, though, will, will be a prerequisite to get those opportunities. And I think you're seeing from Anthony McFarland, you know, his success in those one-on-one drills both ways is why he's going to get those, those chances. I, I think he's – I mean, I think he's as close to a lock as there is at, at, at this point. Maybe that's a spot they could go look to add if they somebody gets cut, you know, try to bring in a more experienced guy or something like that. But I think they feel very comfortable with him as their third running back. Uh, bring back in former st- – I don't think – did he end up signing if he visited somewhere? Benny Snell. I don't no, think he ended up signing anywhere. Benny is still, still available. There. So he, he's still yeah. out there. Master Teague is still available. Um, you know, maybe uh, – 
Pretty sure Kalen Balazs is still around. Like the old <laughs> running backs never die. They just kick around for years. And uh, there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, although seven shots was very close to being 4-3, it was actually 5-2, the defense with Pickens being out of bounds before coming back in to catch that ball. Um, anything stand out to you within that seven shots period? Um, it was not very good for the offense. And it wasn't like – there's some days where it's like, oh, somebody wins, but everybody did their job well and that's okay. You know, um, I thought the offense was disconnected in what, in what I saw um, – Drop from Deontay Johnson, which you don't like to see. Uh, the one touchdown, you know, that looked pretty nice was was uh, Washington, you know, kind of in traffic. But it didn't look like it was super smooth from the offense. And there's going to be those days over the course of a long camp. But they were very good yesterday. And so I thought that was a bit of a step back of the offense. And and not just because the defense was was awesome. You know, like, you know, you can – if you, if you want to sign grades, you know, it, it's w- wins and losses is probably not the right way to go about it, right? It's like who had A plays and who had B plays and who had F plays, right? There were not very many A plays for the Steelers offense today, and you can have an e- A play even when you get beat. Um, but but that, that was not what we saw from the offense today. Discouraging. Did see some encouraging stuff, like I said, in the team periods. Um, they moved the ball a little bit better on the ground. Um, not a lot of running in the – and seven shots today. So um, we'll see. It's a long camp. I'm not making too much out of one day, but it was not particularly crisp from the offense. Uh, you mentioned Darnell Washington, though. I know that as soon as they got in, as soon as we saw it, I knew that at least Nick was going to give me the tweet that they went into 12 personnel and were showing some of it. How much of it did we see today? And was that the first that we've seen? Because that's the first that I've seen of it. They've run it in the red zone a little bit. I, we have not okay. seen a ton of it so far. Um it is definitely going to be a thing that will be a big part of what they do. I do think that it will be – we will – the better that Darnell Washington is, the more of it we'll see. I think that's that's probably the right answer there because Allen Robinson is the guy you're going to take off the field in that situation most of the time, and he's sort of the antithesis, right? Like he is the been-thereist, done-thatist done guy on the entire offense. So – I mean, he, you know, he has nothing to prove. Um, whatever, however many reps Darnell Washington deserves, that's how much they'll play two tight end, basically. I mean, we, they'll do it in short yardage and they'll do it in, in certain pl- packages as well, um, you know, where they played Zach Gentry last year. But I think we'll see more two tight end. I think it can be a good personnel grouping for them, especially if that means that Pat Fryermuth is not actually a tight end, where he's off the line out in space where I think he can really take advantage of some mismatches. I've seen him covered by cornerbacks more in this camp than I have all of the entirety of his career. Uh, And so that tells me they're doing, whether they have two tight ends in there or not, they're doing the work to get him in those situations that should be advantageous for him. That's what I was just saying. On the opposite side, of course, being in 12 personnel is you have Washington as a blocker, but you're also flexing Fryermuth out to the slot, which to me is where he's going to make his money. Like he's not, you know, here to be a, a blocker. I, people threw at me when I said something about him as a blocker that he's like at the fourth highest pass blocking grade or something like that among tight ends. And I'm like, okay, why is he pass blocking? Why isn't he running around on a pass play? So like that's my, my issue with that anyway. But um, I mean, would you agree with that sentiment? And what? how do you feel about Fryermuth's role within the 12 personnel as well, not just Washington? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think he, he had a good pass blocking grade because he's fairly good at it, and he did it all the time. He's pass blocking way too much um, 
you know, last year for him. Now for the offense, it seems like the tackles need the help. I think that going forward, he will do a lot less of that, a lot more route running. I think it will untap some potential in him. If you look at his um, yards per route when he's mm-hmm. flexed out versus when he's in line, I think he had the second best yards per route run of any tight end uh, behind only Travis Kelsey when they got him with his hand out of the ground. And like to me, like that's it's just a huge weapon that the Steelers are underutilizing him by having him pass block. And so if Darnell Washington can can be a, a, a great pass protector as a tight end, then I think that really opens up Pat Frymuth's game in a number of ways. In you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. You know, there's there's a lot of moving parts there, but I, I think there's there's potential for a lot of that to go well. Okay. Well, you mentioned too, like with the 12 personnel, that means a guy like Allen Robinson coming off the field. I, I, I don't know that enough people are talking about the addition that that is from a mentor standpoint as well. I mean, I saw today, I, I think Nick did a nice job highlighting, um, you know, where he, or was it actually, it might've been your tweet that I saw, not Nick's. I, I, obviously I'm going, you know, both. Was it you with, uh, with George Pickens? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alan. It was your tweet. Talk to the, to George Pickens uh, after he was upset about a OPI call. Um, Obviously, I, I expect Allen Robinson to be a productive player for this offense, but I don't think enough people are talking about like the mentor standpoint, what he's going to bring to this team. I think the mix of young and old is really good on this team, and maybe the best that it's been in a few years since I've been covering them. Really, you know, those like that like end of Ben run, like eighteen, nineteen, twenty teams were older for the most part, and they had some young mm-hmm. players that were in positions that didn't really feel advantageous for them. And this team feels just like the sort of perfect balance of young and old. I love the addition of Allen Robinson, Patrick Peterson, Isaac Samalu. Like these are guys that are just professional veterans, steady, good dudes, um, good mentors, knowledgeable about the game in technical ways. I asked uh, George Pickens today about what is – Allen Robinson brought to the table and he just said, he's a technique. He's like a master technician. He's like, if I want to go play in the slot and, and I want to go to, you know, the, the wide receivers coach, the offensive coordinator and say, Hey, put me in the slot. I want to do something. I'm going to go to Allen Robinson first and be like, how, how, how do I do this? Like what, what you know, where's, mm. the, where's the finer points of this? How, how do I pick this up so I can get better? And um, I think that there's a lot to that, man. I really do. I look at what, Patrick Peterson is doing for Joey Porter and what Robinson can do for George Pickens and what Samalu can do for Broderick Jones. And it's sort of like they almost intentionally like paired up these few and far between veteran additions to just match right in to their high profile young players that they feel like can be developed and groomed in a positive way. And uh, I really think, you know, I think Mike Tomlin has always been a confident head coach and very good about that part of the job and i think a lot of the criticisms of mike tomlin that are very valid um come from sort of like the tactical part of his job where it's like oh he should have challenged here he didn't challenge or you know didn't call time out before the two-minute warning and i understand those criticisms i agree with many of them i think they pale in comparison to his job as like the guy that leads the culture of the organization. And I don't know if it's just because he's older or because the, these players are so much younger. 
Uh, this kind of cycled through like a whole second generation, and he feels a little bit more been there, done that. But man, he is at the top of his game when it comes to the development of the mental state of these players. Like everything, you hmm. can just see how like planned out and calculated everything is from, you know, Darnell Washington getting those reps against TJ Watt or, you know, who's rooming with who in, in the dorm rooms. And, you know, just it, it all, that is what he is so good at as a coach and as a leader of men. And I think uh, it's really come out in a positive way, this training camp where there's like this perfect balance of like fierce competition, hard hits, man, the linebackers must've got their butts kicked yesterday after practice because today they kicked everybody else's butt. They were just, they were just Hmm. see white hit white. That was it. Um, But it's like, it's it's healthy though, right? Like, you know, you have Joey Porter and George going at it, even after the play going at it, but then they both come up and say, you know what? That's it. That's my brother. Like we're, we're going to make each other better. I feel like they have nailed like the young old mix, the, the, the competition, but then harmony, like there's no fights. There's no, nobody's like mad about stuff after the play. It all just, it's all just team building. And I, I think he's really nailed it this year. We'll see how much that, you know, turns into wins versus losses, but uh, it's been very impressive to watch happen so far. I mean, you said it almost feels intentional with some of the additions oh, that they've made. hundred percent. Well, okay, I was just saying, has that been said at all? Though? I mean, I like, don't know that like anyone's come out on the record and said it, but it is int- like they. He thinks about this kind of stuff, and and he has, um, a wisdom about that kind of thing that I think uh, the closer you are to him and the more you're around the team, really stands out. Would you say that that's probably so far your biggest takeaway from camp? Like, does it just have a different vibe to it this year as opposed to years in the past? I mean, because you've covered several. I mean, that's something they've always aspired to do. I just feel mm-hmm. like it's it's been just perfect this year, where they're like they're nailing it in terms of all that everybody's getting along the most I can ever remember. At the same time the competition has been as fierce as I can remember. Like, they, like they're just nailing that balance in a way that I think really um, should be a credit to Mike and Omar and, and the whole rest of the team there, but but really to the way he sets the the example for the, the, the way this team is going to be built. Uh, speaking of competition, one that it got brought up to me um, just yesterday talking with somebody and I thought it was worth bringing up on here because it might be something that other fans have been thinking about too. Maybe the fans are pushing for it more than the team would be for competition. Been a lot of talk about that left side, right? With Broderick competing with Dan Moore on the left side. What about on that right side? Could we see like a Dan Moore pushing, you know, Chooks and it end up being Broderick on the left and Dan Moore on the right or something along those lines? Short answer is no. Like, Probably not. It's just the the. I think the idea of it is something the Steelers would entertain, um, but the problem is is that I don't think that they expect to have a decision about left tackle ahead of week one, and so then there's not time to do that. You know, if Ryder Jones was close enough that he was getting like three quarters of the first team reps right now, I think you would see Dan Moore start taking some reps at right tackle, because I also think like. Look, the Steelers want to do right by their guys. Dan Moore is not going to be the starting left tackle for the Steelers at some point in the near future. Uh, Okay, what does that mean for him going forward? You know, he's still got two years on his rookie deal. 
well, they should probably get him ready to play somewhere else, right? And so I think at some point we are going to see him go over there for some reps because the other thing I'll say is, like, if week one, like, Chooks goes down, uh, yeah. the plan is going to be Dan Moore goes to the right side and Jones will play the left because you'll want the rookie to play where he has been and you will want the veteran to have to be the uncomfortable one. So I expect to see Dan go over there and get some reps at right tackle just as their backup plan, but I don't expect there to be any kind of competition right now. The way I see it is, is if Dan Moore loses this battle with Broderick Jones, it's some they'll set up him to battle Chooks next year. Or maybe just – I mean, Chooks' cap hit is substantial. Maybe that yeah. will play into it where he could be a trade or a cut – option over the offseason or a restructure or something like that but you know i think i think that's probably where we're headed for dan moore in 2024 but i don't see it happening fast enough in time to have a battle at right tackle this training camp. that you answered my follow-up question because it was going to be are we having this conversation you know a year too early about that right tackle spot yeah i think so, so. yeah okay Oh, uh, let's talk right. about the offensive line, though, because I did get over yeah. there today, and I do want to talk about those guys. And I was very interested in sort of piggybacking off the conversation we had about Tomlin is like who goes against who. I love that mm. part of this conversation. Um, Broderick Jones has got heavy doses of Marcus Golden so far this year, and I like that matchup because he's a crafty guy. He's very fast. You know, he brings the kind of things that are going to give him difficulty. And, and pass blocking, but I was really trying to be take some notes about who who went against who all the time, and and what what those kind of matchups say about where people are, and uh, you know Isaac Salamalo and Cam Hayward. It's like, yep, that makes sense. Like those are the same guy, right? Like that's that's two clash of the titans right there, right? Yeah, that's but awesome. then you know I think we got some other ones that I think um, like Braden Fajoko against Kendrick Green. That one stood out to me. I was like, okay. Um, you know, we got Keanu Benton against Mason Cole. Uh, we got DeMarvin Leal against uh, Nate Herbig. And um, and then you see, you know, some of those guys down the roster, you know, every once in a while, they'll, you know, the, the turns don't line up or whatever, and they'll get a shot against one of those better guys. You know, I think I saw, uh, I mean, like Ryan McCollum against uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, which, okay, those guys are, I guess, close. But Loudermilk's a guy that's played a lot for the Steelers and McCollum. Has not and McCollum really finished that rep hard and, and, and got a good win. And there was like a little, you know, like a little hmm. fist bump. And you can see that like that that's all part of this team building thing. But it's very fun to watch, like who gets who and and that kind of thing. So um yeah, that that was uh, I was like Nick Herbig has been going against the Raven Clark, and it is time for him to get a tougher opponent. Uh because he has just been um there's I don't know the name. I should really find out the name of the like ball boy or assistant equipment manager, you whatever call him that like serves as the quarterback for those drills. But he's been very well acquainted with Nick Herbig so far. Like they're buddies <laughs> at this point. They um, know what cologne each other wear. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. He's like, is that new? Oh, very nice. Yeah, uh, on his way by. Yeah. That there the he Nick Herbig has has graduated from Low Raven Clark. He needs a tougher uh, opponent. And Guy, you like to see that from a guy who's a rookie uh, fourth rounder. So maybe we'll see him against Broderick Jones. I'd be interested in seeing that. Um, but th- they're um, it, that, that's really fun to watch. That's that's one of my favorite drills to go really uh, sink into and absorb. Well, I'm glad that you brought those guys up because 
you know, kind of going, although I did see Levi Wallace's name with the pass breakup today. I mentioned yesterday I hadn't seen his name at all. We haven't really, you know, seen much of Cam Hayward's name or Isaac Samala's. Granted, they don't necessarily play positions that are going to pop off the page and very interesting to tweet about, but we just haven't, you know, seen those guys' names yet. So I'm glad to give them some shine. Um, but anything. Oh, they had a great, struggles. they had a great rep against one another where it was like Sam Allo stood him up and, mm-hmm. and really got like some good leverage underneath him. And Cam just like, I don't know, like Grizzly bared him straight backwards anyway, even though like he was totally out of leverage, like, you know, pads up in the air, like not where he wanted to be. And he just kind of put his hands up and just, just man strength them back into the quarterback. And uh, it's um, th- those guys are fun. As far as other guys in that drill, DeMarvin Leal is a fun guy to watch. He, he brings a, like, he's, I'd say like, He's probably one of the least consistent guys in those drills because he plays two positions and I think he just has a lot going on. Sometimes, you know, the planning doesn't quite work out where like he'll just get buried, but then he has this combination of size and athleticism that uh, he can also, uh, like uh, Nate Herbig put him into the ground pretty good today. And then he went right back and and Leal kind of got him on an inside move, which as a guard, you really don't want to give up inside moves. And so I think, uh, that that's been fun to watch, and I've really been appreciative of Braden Fahoko. He he doesn't do that much in the pass rush drills, but man, run periods, he's solid. He's real solid. Yeah, I, I, Nick highlighted him today. I haven't heard much of him, but I mean, that's going to be a guy. You know, looking back at the last few seasons with the Steelers having issues stopping the run, I mean, that's you know a guy that you hope can help solve that problem a little bit. So, obviously, like to hear that he's he's doing well there. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, Keanu Benton is coming along. He's been a little quieter than I think um, mm-hmm. maybe I expected, but you know, nose tackles don't exactly make a lot of noise. That's that's not really the nature of the beast, and we haven't seen a ton of like full on like sub package defense to the point where like they would get to the second and third rep guys. So probably still waiting to see a little bit of how much they're going to use him besides nose tackle. But I mm-hmm. he's just such a giant athlete he looks somebody called him a dancing bear i think it was carl dunbar the (laughs) defensive line coach and like he is built like a bear like he's just like gigantic but not like must not like heavy like just big and muscular and like like i don't he looks impossible to move like that's that's what i will say about keanu benton and uh it it, going forward i think is still a work in progress for him but he's really going to make his money against the run and between him and Fahoko, I feel like the middle of the defensive line is in as good a shape as it's been in a long time. I think nose tackle has been a real struggle for them. Like Tyson Alulu kind of like they like lucked into that where they moved him from end and it kind of worked. And but like they have not really like had a guy that was their nose tackle they were happy to have mm-hmm. since and even Javon Hargrave, like he is a really good player but he is not really the body type that the Steelers absolutely want to play at nose tackle. Yeah. He's the opposite of, the, of, of, of Benton, right? He's smaller and athletic and can get upfield after the passer, but against double teams, probably not what they're looking for. I think they really have two guys now that they feel very happy with about just being a nose tackle and go out there and take up space and anchor the middle of that offensive line. If you think back to last season, <coughs> excuse me, they lost two games where they needed to stop from their run defense in the fourth quarter, winnable games against New England and the home game against Baltimore, (coughs) where 
if they got one more stop from their run defense, you know, that might have been one more chance for Kenny Pickett to add to his list of, uh, you know, fourth quarter game winning drives. Like when you have a quarterback that can do that, getting the ball back at the end of the game becomes so important. And I think they seriously identified that as a weakness and, and, and taking some steps to, uh, to rectify it. Good, good, good. Obviously love to hear that. I want to ask you about, uh, Alex Highsmith too, because it, it seems like he's kind of even somehow taken it to another level this year in training camp. And I don't know that was ever going to be a question for him, but coming off getting that payday for him to still be improving <coughs> as a player. Uh, what have you seen from him? Would you agree with that sentiment that he, he looks like he's even a better player this training camp than he has in the past? Um, I don't know if he's better. He looks um, more confident. I think that's the thing that I really am, am getting from him. Okay. Is that like he's a guy that is very experimental about the things he want to do, and I feel like in his first couple of years, <coughs> every time I saw him at training camp, he was like working on something different. Like oh, I'm going to try this, or oh, I'm going to try that, or and I, I think that's good for a young player to have that mindset and that attitude. It's like. Will this make me better? Will that make me better? I saw this move on YouTube and I want to try it. He actually learned his pass rush moves from like watching YouTube videos and then going in front of a mirror in his dorm room at Charlotte and like trying to replicate that like backwards. Yeah. I think that's a great mindset and approach for a young player to have to learn the game. But I also think that like the great players, you don't see that. Like they know already. Like I think we're seeing that flip for him where like he's not out here trying new things anymore he he he's kind of got it you know and i think i think that's okay. a that's a sign that he is at a different place in his career than he's been um and and i think he's he's gotten with tj tj is such a good example you know when you talk about leaders tj is like near mute on the field like <laughs> he's not talking to anyone i i think he may speak in like grunts and gestures, uh, but you know, he, he doesn't, he's just not that guy that's going to stand up and yell or mm-hmm. encourage or whatever. You know, he's a quiet guy by nature, and I think even more so on the field. But the example that he sets in terms of like the hard work over fine, like fine detail, the amount of film he watches of offensive linemen and it was great if you saw on the nfl network was here and he uh, it was breaking things down with brian baldinger and showing him like if you put mm-hmm. your foot here i'm gonna put my hand here if you do this i'm gonna do that and like he has like this mental flow chart of like okay this is what he does on first down this is what he does on third down this is he can tell guys anticipating the snap count he will sit there and watch thousands and thousands of snaps of a specific tackle to see if that tackle has a tell about anticipating the snap count and he can pick up on it and he'll know the snap. In fact, half the time, if you watch TJ's not really like most defensive linemen, they get in their stance and then they put their head over to the football. Right. And they're just waiting for the, if you watch TJ, like his head's turned that way, but he kind of always already has his eyes up. Like he, he does not – he knows when the snap is coming based on the way the offensive tackle is reacting because he spends, like, days in front of a TV screen watching film on – and he does that for everything, for their pass rush sets, for how they come out of a run block, for their double teams. Like, 
he is such a technician. And I think I'm really seeing Alex Highsmith kind of pick that up and, and absorb that as part of his process too, uh, in, in a bigger way. Now that he feels like, you know, so it's not like he's not working, right? But instead of trying new things, it's like, how can I make those things I'm already doing that much better? Gotcha. Okay. Also, by the way, I, I want to see what the uh, the viewers and listeners of the show think about this because the Steelers put up a video on their social media about like if you could only have one meal the rest of your life, what would it be? Alex Highsmith said wings, and then came back and said specifically flats. Oh, yes. Controversial. So, yeah, I'm curious. Well, first off, what's your take on that? And then I want to know what the people think as well. I don't. I don't have a strong take. I like wings. I eat them all. I don't care. I will say this. You know, like, the whole debate here is wrong, right? The debate is not like wings are, uh, you know, flats are better, drums are better. You should never eat flats. It, the thing is, is you just got to find your person to go eat wings with that has the opposite preference of you. Don't hate that person. Don't berate that person. Take that person with you to go eat wings, and then you will always both be happy. Like that's my that's my dad and I I, I prefer right, flats and he prefers drums. Now I don't have a strong opinion. My wife does. Like Ryan, take whatever you want. I'll take the others. It's great. It's 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 people loving people. It's happiness. Like we don't need this to be a debate. Like just just go find your wing compadre and uh, go eat them. They're good. I had some yesterday. Went down to Dino's right down the road here. Oh, Dino's. There we go. In fact, I had, I had the, like the so the hot. I consulted with Mark Caballi, whose opinion on food I generally trust. Uh, and he said the hot was not that hot. And so I was like, all right, I'm going one step above the hot, which they called the Lewis. And it was tasty. It was hot. I am an enjoyer of spicy food. Uh, there was some sweat occurring. Like, it was it was hot. But it was very good. Um, we did not have a great experience with the Lewis this morning. Let's just, let's just uh, leave it. We will not be repeating that error uh again this training camp but uh yeah that was uh that's good dino's great wing spot go there eat wings beware of the very very spicy ones okay there we go and uh you find your flats drums favorite partner and go with them it's great yes Who doesn't absolutely want you mentioned to me that you found uh, a needle in a haystack with a mike tomlin quote Oh, well, it was on what we were talking about. I, you know, Mike Tomlin, if you ever, like, I don't know, do, do they make the Mike Tomlin post-training camp, like, video available to the public? Do people watch that like they watch, like, a, a after-game press conference? Uh, I actually don't know. I know that they put out, like, a transcript or something of it, right? But, like, I don't know that they, I, I'm well, not sure. they shouldn't because it's not generally very good viewing. Um, yeah. Usually, people like me uh, come in and have all these, like, hypothetical or uh, tell me about this or and mike does not have any interest in entertaining any of it like mm. most of the time you either get a one-word answer or you get a shut down the question kind of answer and that's it you know he has his talking points that he'll deliver at the beginning and after that like you're pretty lucky if you get a uh if you get a good answer but i ask him like what goes into your thought process about who you want to match up against too and he gave me a very good uh, lengthy uh, answer about you know giving some insight on on who he picks and and how things go like when guys move up and, and things like that and uh was very it's a little you know pat, pat myself on the back I, was like, I got a good answer from mike t today it is on the youtube by the way 
Oh, it is. Okay. They do All put right. them on YouTube. Well, you yeah. can go listen to it and you can judge my question and his answer against the <laughs> others, but I think mine was pretty solid. Okay. Yeah. We don't keep um, score in our business, really. We keep other people's score, but there is no scoreboard for reporters. But if there was, it would be like well, Saunders Saunders won for today. I got I got a notebook and a pen right here. So from now on, <laughs> we will be keeping score. I'm okay with that. On here. If the fans <laughs> want to keep score, I will allow that. Okay, tell me when I win. Tell me when I lose. I'm fine with that. All right. Uh, anything else? Still have Catch not your gotten, eye or ear. Okay, still have not gotten any uh, uh, car pictures. Okay, this is becoming crisis level. We need car pictures to talk about. I will send you um, I, 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 the, the, I, some that I found that sort of served as the inspiration to the logo. So maybe we can, we can put those up there. Um, also, somebody tweeted yesterday after the show, uh, we should have a fan on and have their oh, question like that, like yeah. uh like a like a call in but do it at a training camp and i said if anyone yells a question at me i will totally answer it uh on Sills afternoon drive oh so so reporter scorecard alan one uh fan scorecard was fan zero today i got no questions shout out i mean i'm wearing the brightest shirt i own so like it's not like i could have blended into the crowd here today nobody shouted a question highly disappointed i want to be assaulted verbally with questions we need like about a, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe you gotta wear like neon or something. Like listen, this is too much. <laughs> I am six to two seventy. That's a lot. That's way more neon. They don't even make neon in this size. Okay. Like that's just it's not it. Me and yeah, yeah like Lizzo. That's the only person this big that can pull off neon. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. This has been a great episode, a lot of fun. As it always is, Alan, uh, tell the people where they can find you. At A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, at PGH Steelers Now is the site, SteelersNow.com. Lots of fun stuff happening there. Go check it out. Myself, Nick, the whole team, everything's going good, happy. Going to go write some stuff right now. There we go. So don't miss it. Uh, I am Zachary Smith, PGH on everything. This is another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive, Pittsburgh Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. Be sure to subscribe, like, Hit that notification bell. Leave us a comment down below. If you're listening somewhere else, leave us a five-star review. All that good oh, we're stuff. On, you uh, we're on all the podcast apps now, too. So if it's like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah, you got it. Just search Steelers Afternoon Drive. We're in there. There you go. And that stuff will all be on the link tree as well. So all in one place for you to click on any platform that you want to listen to us on. Or, of course, watch us. Come look at us. Our beautiful faces right on the YouTube as well. Uh, until tomorrow, for Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith, and we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.